Nancy and I have had a couple of opportunities to, to go to Israel, and it is always a, a moving time. We had had a trip uh, that we had scheduled that we had to kind of shift out of the way because of all the COVID stuff, and we're hoping to, to, uh, to kind of reignite that, to get that moving forward again, and you'll be hearing a little more, more about it. But one of the meaningful places that we had, a lot of meaningful places we go, but one of the meaningful places we go is to the Garden Tomb. It's located just outside Jerusalem proper in the kind of the hilly area, rocky area. And one of the things we have the opportunity to do there is to celebrate Lord's Supper, but also to, to stand in an empty tomb. Now, whether this was Jesus' tomb or not, quite frankly, we don't know that. What we do know is that tomb, it is very similar to tombs that are found there. And very similar to a tomb that Jesus would have been laid in. So we don't know maybe this precise location of Jesus' burial. But this is what we do know. He ain't there. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. Wherever his tomb is, he's not there. Because he is alive. That is our confidence. That is our Hope, as the Apostle Paul would say, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If Jesus has not been raised, then, then literally we have, I don't know, why are we here? What is our confidence? What is our hope? What do we stand on? What are we, what are we here for? Now, most of us, if not all of us, we want to, we want to live a, a good life, right? A full life, a, a meaningful life. We want to live a life that matters and makes a difference. But I have been concerned in recent years that the Western church, we have succumbed a, a, a little bit too much to, to trying to be like a self, another self-help program. A place where you come for your weekly therapy sessions to try to get you through the week. You get a little encouragement, a little wisdom, a little truth, and maybe some tools that will help you to function and to live your best life now. It's as if Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection accomplished little more than giving us a moral example for how we can live and how we can live better. It's, it's as if Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the purpose of it was to make us a better version of our broken selves. And if that's what Jesus came for, then, then we need to go ahead and close the doors and, and go off. That's not enough. That's certainly not what Paul said. If Jesus hadn't been raised... Then he said, our preaching is worthless, but so is your faith. If Jesus is just another self-help program, if Jesus is just another therapy session, if Jesus is just another coping mechanism for you to live your best life until the, you know, the, your life clock runs out, then we have no reason to be here. But I, I'm here to tell you that is not the purpose of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. 
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If in Christ we have hope, listen, in this life only, if that's where our hope is, then we of all people are to be most pitied. If all we're counting on in Jesus is to give us a better life in the here and now, a little boost to get us from Sunday to Sunday, if that's all he is for us, then what Paul says is we're pitiful. We're we're counting on something that has no value because if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, first of all, he was a liar. Or he was crazy. But he certainly isn't Lord. If all Jesus gives us is a better version of a broken life in this broken world, then I have no hope to offer you. I have no hope to offer when I stand at a graveside. The only thing I can say is, here lies Sam Smith. He lives 70 years. He had some good days. He had some bad days. He experienced some joys in life, and he experienced some sorrows in his life, and he's dead the end. Jesus hasn't been raised. That's the only message we have. The only thing I should be telling you this morning is eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow you may die. But that is not my message when I come to this table this morning. It is not my message on a communion Sunday. It is not my message on any other Sunday. There is more to be said, and that word is life. In John's Gospel, the first chapter, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What we read here is very simple. That life itself is found in Jesus. He is the author of life. He is the giver of life. Anything that has been made in all creation was made by him. And the Apostle Paul, in speaking to the Athenians, would say this. In him we live and move. And have our being. This life that we live is a gift from God. Each day that we are given is a gift from on high. Jesus has given us this physical life that we live. 
the writings of John, both in his Gospels and his letters, also make it clear that he's not only the giver of life, he is the giver of new life. And boy, we need this. He gives us a a new life. As we come to this table, we not only come acknowledging the the death of Jesus represented by the the bread and, and the cup, but we come to acknowledge life in him. Because you see, when he was crucified and buried and that heavy stone was rolled over and guards were put at the tomb with the instructions, make it as secure as you can. The seal was put on the tomb so that no one would dare open it. Well, you know what? Someone did open it. God himself and his son walked out alive. That is the message of Christianity. That is the heart of our faith. Anything else sells it short. It is not, this is not simply a memorial service to a dead Messiah. It is a celebration of life that we have in him. For we not only identify with Jesus in his death, but we identify with Jesus in the new life that he has given to us. I want you to listen to some of the things that we find in God's word. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly Filled to overflowing. Now listen, that does not mean filled to overflowing with stuff. It does not mean filled to overflowing that your bank accounts are just bursting at the seams. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that no matter how little or how much you have, your life is utterly full because you know that if your life were snuffed out like that, that you would immediately be in the presence of Jesus. That you can put your head on the pillow tonight and know that if you don't wake up, that you will be with Jesus. You can have this certain confidence that you can't blow it. Listen. We are saved by grace through faith, and this is not what we do ourselves. It is the gift of God so that we can't boast or brag before God, hey, look what I've done, you've got to let me in. We are there merely by the grace and the mercy of God. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it, but God has given it to us in Jesus Christ. And it is ours. Imagine the security of knowing That the love that God has for you, the love of Jesus for you, it doesn't change on your best day or on your worst day. Parents, grandparents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Your kids have disappointed you. They have broken your heart. They have disobeyed you. They disrespected you. And you kept on loving them. They never stopped being your son or your daughter. If my salvation were dependent upon me to keep it, I'd have lost it a long time ago. But my salvation is not dependent on me keeping it. It's dependent on what Jesus has already done for me. It is an imputed righteousness, not an earned righteousness. And I've received this in Christ. 
And so many of you have received this in Christ. That's what it means to have an abundant life. Jesus said, recorded in John chapter 5, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And listen to this. He does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Do you know the Bible says that before we are believers in Jesus Christ, that we are dead in our sins and trespasses? We're dead. And, and dead people can't do anything. They're dead. It was done for us in Jesus. And we have received life. We've passed from death into life. In 1 John 5, John wrote, God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I want you to listen to this today because this is utterly critical. If you have the spirit of Jesus living in you, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your savior, if you belong to him, then you, you have cause to celebrate today. But if you don't know that, then you need to confess your sins to repent and to turn from yourself and selfishness and sinfulness and turn to a perfect Savior who can give you life, who can move you from being dead in your sins and trespasses to being alive in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I give them eternal life and they will never perish how's that for security i give them eternal life they don't earn it and they will never perish and jesus said in john chapter 14 i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, Jesus did not come to make you a better version of your broken self. He didn't come just to elevate you just a little bit, to kind of make you a little bit better, a little bit more likable. That's not why he came. He didn't come as a self-improvement guru. He didn't come just to give you a therapy of how you can live a better life in this world. He came because you were dead in your sins and trespasses and you needed to be made alive in him. He came because you were lost in darkness and he came to be the light of your life. He came because you were an enemy of God. And he can make you a son or a daughter. He didn't come just to maximize your joy and your satisfaction in this life. He came to redefine what it means to be truly 
alive. You know so many people, and maybe you can say this about yourself, you're just existing. Just going from day to day to day, merely existing. When Jesus came to give you life, true life, meaningful life, abundant life, eternal life in him. He came to give you a new life and to make you a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. In him, John said, was life. And I'm here to tell you as I stand at this table this morning, in him is life. Are you experiencing that life? Do you possess that life? Has, have you received it? Remember, God says, I give it to you. I give you eternal life. I give it to you. You don't have to earn it. You, you can't deserve it. I give you eternal life. And if you've never received that for yourself, then I want to tell you today, it is available for you. If the Spirit is drawing you, if the Spirit is calling you, if the Spirit is pulling you to come and to confess Christ as Savior and Lord, then don't let this day pass. But I also want to ask those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ, are you living that life? Or have you settled for just existing? Just going through the motions, one day floating into the next, floating into the next. You see, Jesus, he didn't come just to, for self-improvement program. But he did come to bring us joy peace and hope and that security we talked about that can't be taken away you say pastor how how can I recapture that how can I how can I begin again restore unto me the joy of my salvation I'm going to tell you, there is no ABC123 program you can follow. It has to do with a simple word called surrender. You see, typically we fight to maintain control of our own lives. We say, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, but we live as if we are. I'm in the driver's seat, I'm in control. This is my life. I'm going to live it my way. I'm going to make my decisions. It's time to let Jesus have his throne. To surrender to him and say, I'm tired of trying to be my own God, my own Lord my own king I need you to take your rightful place in my life and I'm going to take my rightful place at your feet 
And some of you that today, you need to do that. As you prepare to come to this table, you need to spend some time right now with God to say, you know what, I've got it all out of whack. And today, I'm ready to get it back in whack. I'm ready to bring my life back in line with your will for me and begin to follow where you lead. And this morning, I want to pray for both those of you who need a Savior and those of you who need to acknowledge that that Savior is indeed the Lord of your life. And I want to tell you, if you need you need to let us know what's going on if you need to to connect with us then then i just want to give you a simple way to do that because we've got some people walk who are watching from tv and are watching on their computer at home or who knows where you're watching from today but but you may need to say pastor that's me then i simply want you to do this we'll follow back up with you this week if you will simply text the name jesus j-e-s-u-s just text that to that same number we mentioned earlier, 706-703-4477, then we will follow up with you and encourage you, whether you need to know Christ or whether you need help walking with Him, we want to do whatever we can for you. And if you're here this morning, then we're going to have a song at the end of our service. We're just going to ask you to respond. You can get right up from your seat and come down and say, Pastor, this is where I am. Or maybe you just need to come and to pray. Whatever it is, then we want to make this time your time. But right now, I want to pray for you as we come together to celebrate with the bread and the cup. Heavenly Father, I'm not only praying for those who are gathered and those who are watching and listening. I'm also praying for me. I confess there are times, Lord, where I, I want to be Lord. I want to be in the driver's seat. I want to make the decisions for my own life. And what I usually end up doing is running off the road in a ditch. Lord, I come today to join with my brothers and sisters in Christ to declare that we are not Lord. You are. And today, we bring our lives back in line with your will for us. You have given us eternal life. Now, Lord, we want to begin to live that life and to share that life with others. And Father, I want to pray for those who don't know that life, who have not experienced that life, who've not received that life from your hand. Lord, today I pray that they will confess with their mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God has raised him from the dead and that they would be saved. That your spirit would work in them to bring them from death to life, from darkness to light, from being your enemy to being your child. Father God, have your way with us today in this place. Change our hearts and our minds and our attitudes and our focus as we come to this table. That as we take the bread, as we take the cup, that we could do so with integrity. 
confess our sins. We confess our selfishness. And we receive the forgiveness and the cleansing that you have for us in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, I want to let you know we we provided for you these little small chalices that you can find in the seat in front of you, just, just under the seat in the rack. You get one of those for each of you, and, and for those of you who are in our nursery, uh, those are, they're there for you as well, so we hope that you'll participate, be part of this. And uh, as usual, there are two, two sections to this. Uh, we're for, going to begin with the bread first, so the juice needs to be on the downside, okay? Don't open that one first. As we prepare, we recognize that Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to each of his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Let us now take the bread together in remembrance of our Savior. And after the bread, Jesus took the cup. And when he thanked the Father for it, he gave it to each of them. He said, this is the blood of a new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sin. We today, together, will take this juice. If you'll open it up, if you have not already. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Let us drink of it now in remembrance of our Savior.